Tandem Nomads, episode 84. The model started to pick up. And there are a lot of virtual agencies now. There are a lot of virtual businesses now. And now we're quite proud of it. And it's something that we have realized really starts to benefit the client as much as us. We- Welcome to Tandem Nomads, the podcast show designed to help expat partners turn their dual career challenges into a successful, portable business and thrive in their global nomadic life. To download your free guidebook on the six steps to build a successful portable business, go to tandemnomads.com. Hello, Nomad Nation. This is Emel Deregui. And our guest today that has a wonderful portable business to share about is Melissa Matthews. Melissa, are you ready for the ride? I'm ready. Yay. So Melissa Matthews is American and she lives today in Saudi Arabia. After a career in journalism and working for the NASA as a spokesperson, Melissa became a mom, gave up her career and helped on her nomadic journey with her husband. They lived in Guatemala, Washington and twice in Saudi Arabia. While living in Guatemala, Melissa started freelancing before launching her full-scale portable business. Uh, Melissa Matthews is the founder of the Matthews Group a strategic communications and a public relations agency that helps business-minded engineers, technologists, and scientists tell their stories to audiences that matter. Wow, Melissa, this is a really interesting story. Is there anything I missed that's important? And tell us what's happening in your world today. Well, uh, we have been living in Saudi Arabia for a couple of years, and we are looking now toward our next assignment, uh, overseas assignment, or possibly back to Washington. So that's always an interesting time when you run a portable business, um, because I have to bother my poor husband with some of my needs. I need internet, I need good airports and things like that. So um, that's our adventure right now, and we'll see where it goes. Oh, we're going to dig, dig into that one. I love that you mentioned that you also need to make sure that every time you move somewhere, your needs are taken care of. And we'll, we'll go deeper into it but because um, that's really good insight for everyone who wants to build a portable business. Um, but before we go into it, could you tell us a little bit more about that beginning of that nomadic journey, how you gave up your career, and how you made that decision to, to start this life? What impact did it have for you? Absolutely. Um, I actually uh, began living overseas on and off right after college. So I had the itch and this was something I've wanted my whole life. So right after college, I went and lived in Britain and did a work exchange there and then moved to Japan and taught English for a couple of years. So um, you know, I've always wanted this. And then I, I started my professional career in journalism um, and was working at CNN in Atlanta, which is where I also met my husband. So we were kind of aligned career-wise for a long time. Um, and then we moved to Washington, D.C., where I went to work for NASA, which is the American Space Agency, as a spokesperson and doing media relations for them. Um, and at some point, you know, my husband was traveling internationally for work and I was traveling internationally for work. And we kind of thought, shouldn't we be doing this together? You know, we were we were calling from all corners of the globe and talking to each other. And and uh, so this opportunity for him to join the diplomatic corps presented itself and we decided to jump on the train. Fantastic. So yeah. how did you I guess he decided to join uh, the diplomatic force. But then what was your plan to be able to go with him? 
Um, well, actually, I thought at the time I had just had a baby and was kind of juggling the new mom working stuff. And I thought it would be really nice just to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, and I shouldn't say just because that's a really hard job. Um, and it was so hard that I realized quickly that, no, I wanted to, do, <laughs> to go back to work. Um, <laughs> and at that point, we were living in Guatemala. Um, I had started a graduate program online, so I was sort of keeping busy with that. And uh, I, I just got in touch with an old boss at that point. And I said, hey, you know, if you ever need any work, I'd love to do a little writing for you or some um, some things like that. And, and he took me up on it right away. And that's kind of where it all began. Wow, that's great. So look always back at your network and your skills. How can you take them up with you? And that's all a very good start, I think, to go back to the old employers and, and figure out maybe you can do some freelance work. So that's a very good start. Um, so, okay. Um, could you tell us a little bit about your agency and, and then we can uh, maybe dig in deep into how you made it happen? Absolutely. Yeah. So we are in an entirely virtual agency. Everybody who works with me works um, from home or wherever they like. Um, I'm currently the only expat. Everyone else is in the U.S., although we do sort of tap into uh, the expat network sometimes with freelancers, and I would love to have uh, somebody more full-time. Um, but yeah, so because what I found is that with the virtual work arrangement and with the flexible work arrangement, it really works for everybody, not just expats. Um, mm -hmm. And we've even found that it works well for clients, and we can kind of dig into that if you like. Yeah. But um, so we're an entirely virtual agency, and we do communications and public relations, um, and we primarily work with uh, corporate communications groups. So we come in and we either take on a special project for them, or we kind of just augment their workforce for something um, we're working on. For example, today, uh, we're trying to finalize a sustainability report for um, a corporation that we've been working for for a while. So um, sometimes it's, you know, some social media work or um, some communications planning, um, that sort of thing. Wow, amazing. And I love, you know, how we'll talk about it more in details, but how specific your niche is. You really mentioned that you work uh, with business-minded engineers, technologists, and scientists. So uh, that's that's the interesting part of your business. It's an agency communication, virtual communication agencies directed towards a very specific uh, uh, audience, which is a scientific field. Um, but tell me how, how did this idea start? How did you get to start this business? Well, as I mentioned, um, I started freelancing during our first overseas assignment, and quickly I got more assignments than I could handle. So I teamed up with a friend uh, who was also freelancing at the time, and we started just sort of trading assignments and opportunities, and the idea sort of grew from there. She was living in the U.S., so she wasn't part of my expat world, but again, she really felt like she was somebody who could benefit from a flexible virtual agency, and we just started talking about it, um, and uh, eventually, I talked about it so much that um, this client that I mentioned, this former boss that I'd worked for, called me and said, hey, do you really want to start that virtual agency? And I said, what are you talking about? And I had just had baby number two. So it was a terrible <laughs> time to start a business. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, you've been, you've been going on about this agency idea that you have. Do you want to start it? And I'm, I'll be your first client. And, you know, so um, that was how it all began. And I dove right in. Um, as I said, it was a terrible time to start a new business. I had baby number two, a toddler. My husband was actually going off to do what we call unaccompanied tours, which is uh, kind of a war zone 
or a conflict zone tour where it's not safe enough to bring family. So I was also going to be single mom uh, for a year. Um, so really all on paper, terrible time, but I jumped in and did it. And uh, here we are today, like wow. eight, eight years later, I think. Eight years. That's exactly what I was going to ask you. How long has it been? Amazing. So what are the, the steps you've been through when you decided to, okay, you had the idea, you had the potential client, you had the partner. What are the steps you took to make it happen? Um, I, I would like to tell you that I had a great business plan that was very well thought out and all my decks in a row, but I didn't. I just, um, I got some advice from someone to just do it and figure it out as you go and ask questions when you need to and bring in professional help when you need to. And that's what I did. Um, so I said yes. And I started the procurement process, which I'd never been through before with a large government contractor. And uh, that was scary and remains scary to this day. But I realized that no. Body. A lot of people know what to, they're doing, but a lot of small business owners who have to go through these processes with companies don't. And so I got less shy about asking questions or saying, I don't, this doesn't make sense to me, or can you explain? Um, and I, again, brought in professionals where I needed. I am not good with keeping up books. So the first thing I did was find um, a stay-at-home mom CPA who uh, could do my books, and she's been keeping me straight ever since. Um, and and we just kind of went from there. You know, we tackled the logo and the website, and step by step, little by little, we got it all together. Exactly, as we always say, and I always insist on is start first and perfect later. Just do it. Don't dwell on it. Just do it. If you have an idea, and if you have the first signals that there's already a demand for it, just jump on it, and then you can perfect on the journey. And I love that you said that. Um, and you also delegated very quickly, which is very good. I mean, delegate the things you know you're not good at because you had a baby and you had uh, another child, and and you were abroad. So it's it's really uh, amazing that you figured that out very quickly. Um, is there any? Um, how about the business model? I mean, I have a lot of questions regarding that. First of all, mm -hmm. what's the business model? And then how do you get clients? Because you're not in the US and I have the feeling that your clients are mainly Americans. So uh, how did that work? That's correct. Um, so our model when we started out eight years ago or so was kind of new. Um, and so we were a little defensive about it at first, I think, you know, and kind of, I wouldn't say we hit it, but we also didn't advertise it, you know, and, and we just sort of, we were an agency like anybody else. And, you know, the fact that we were working at home in our yoga pants did not matter in my mind. Um, so we just sort of did that. But then the model started to pick up and there are a lot of virtual agencies now. There are a lot of virtual businesses now and now we're quite proud of it. And it's something that we have realized really starts to benefit the client as much as us. We got in it for us, but it really benefits the client. How? Well, in terms of our ability to be really responsive Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we've, we've had a project recently where we've had to do some quick turns on, on products even overnight. And that's not the way we prefer to work, but basically, uh, basically if we, um, if we have, if you give us the flexibility we need to live and work, then we'll give you the flexibility you need to get jobs done on the deadline that you need. Um, and it's a little bit of a trade-off. And I think that understanding is becoming more and more clear with clients. And it's something that, you know, we tell them yeah. um, up front. So how are you doing to find clients being not in the U.S.? For a long time, I think that we, um, 
we got everything by sort of word or mouth or reputation or our network already, um, which was very good for us. And a couple of years ago, we kind of had a realization that maybe that wasn't the best path forward, that we needed to put ourselves out there a little bit more and kind of diversify our clients. We had like two or three big clients versus um, a lot of smaller projects coming in. So um, honestly, I um, made one of my great uh, team members, the vice president, and she's really taken on a lot of the business development work. Um, she's in a great position to do it. She's in a great market. Um, you know, she, she's just that personality type that gets out there and is really good with people. So she's taken on a lot of the, the business development and we've gotten some great clients that way. Um, you know, I still work my network as well, but you're right. It's a little bit more limiting here, but I think recognizing again, I mean, it's really no different. Is it than when you hire an accountant to do your books, if that's not where you're good at, right? So you have somebody, um, who's good at business development is in a position to do it and you give them that task. Okay. So you have a team. Um, so could you tell us about the team and how are you organizing your work and what's the usual process of a project from A to Z? Yeah. Um, so we have a, a team and um, it's made up of employees, um, some reg regular subcontractors, some uh, partners that we use for specific activities like um, web development and things like that. Um, so we have, we have this really good network. And when work comes in um, and assignments come in, we kind of look at skill sets and see who's um, well suited to the job. We look at capacity and see who's got the time to take it on, for example. Um, and then we you know, we kind of just assign it out and create a team for that project. Um, and we go from there. We obviously rely a lot on technology and on collaboration platforms. Um, we use Office 365 and, and some of those um, those uh, tools, but there are many out there and it's growing every day. It was kind of overwhelming to see all those when we decided to, to go that route. Um, and we do little things like um, to create a sense of team. Like we have uh, on the Office 365 platform. There's a news feed, I think, and there's another Yammer now um, that are kind of a social media feed. We use that to just sort of say, good morning. Here's what I'm doing today. I'm going to be out at one o'clock for a dentist appointment, or I have to knock off early to take my kids to sports practice, um, or here's what I'm working on today and here are my priorities. So we get that kind of water cooler talk going um, virtually. We're very deliberate about um, making sure we have time together to talk. We have regular um, meetings in a way that I think you wouldn't need to in a regular office setting because you would just like pass by somebody's desk and, you know, sort things out. But we have to be deliberate about it, deliberate about it and say like, you know, we need to kind of go over our list of all the things we want to talk about because we don't have that capability. Um, and then we get together frequently as frequently as we can. I have a trip coming up um, back to the States and I'm going to a couple of conferences for networking and training, and then I'm going to meet up uh, with one of my, uh, with my vice president, um, and we're just going to have some time. We call it a workation, and we're just going to um, get to some planning for next year and sort out some other things that we haven't had an opportunity to do since we saw each other last. Wow, this is so interesting. It's amazing that you managed to put all that together. So just real briefly, how many people are you? Um, we are six regular folks six. and then we have kind of a network of people we bring in for other other projects and what's your role um in general i'm the president so okay. my role is um i i'm in charge of the marketing and brand for us i lead a couple of the client accounts 
Um, and then my vice president is in charge of business development and also leading some client accounts and, and supervising some folks. This is amazing. So mm -hmm. I, I want to go back to what you said, because it's really, really useful for those who are trying to build an agency and a team, because that's when you know you have a business is mm -hmm. when your business um, is not just reliant on your time. And I think that's, right. that's when you know that you have a scalable business. There's different type of business. There's um, like Seth Godin, I don't know if you know, he's one of the most like gurus of marketing that says, you always have to think yourself, are you a freelancer or are you a business? And a freelancer is, your business is a freelancing business if it only relies on your time. And as soon as you start scaling and being able to have the business roll even out of, out of your 24 hours a day, then that's when you know you have a business. But I absolutely loved um, a couple of tips that I would take away from you, what you said. Um, I think the first thing is to use the tools and, and to be able to build that business with a team and rely on certain tools. You, you mentioned Office 365. Is it like a Slack? How does that work? Um, that's the Microsoft Office platform, and mm -hmm. it has everything from a SharePoint to your Outlook email, and it's all integrated. And they've actually come out with a new product called Teams that is literally designed for exactly what we do, and we're looking at um, bringing that more full scale in, into our work. But it, it combines like social media and collaboration space and video chatting and everything you need to run a virtual business. It's, you know, it's really a this thing is, now. Yeah. This is fantastic. I use other tools, but I think that I never heard of this one. So I will put it in the show note page of this episode, Nomad Nation. You'll find it in the webpage of this, uh, of this uh, episode. And so besides the number one was the tools, super important. The second one that you said, what I call office, virtual office hours, uh, is having these regular meetings with your team. You know that, for instance, with my teammate, every Thursday at 11 a.m., I have my meeting no matter what. And if we can, that we say, listen, that Thursday, I can't, let's change it. But at least in our calendar, it's every Thursday on a regular moment, we meet and we talk about the business and whatever we have to do. So um, I think that was a great tip that you, you mentioned. The third thing that you mentioned is that works, how do you say... Um, Workation. Workation. <laughs> At some point, it is good to meet in person. And it I is. think that's, uh, those are three takeaways that I think are wonderful for anyone who wants to build a, a business online and have a lot of people to work with. So really great tips. Thank you for that. Um, so I want to know now how you manage all of that, knowing that you're on the move, you might be moving again, and you have two kids, right? Three now. Three yes. now. Oh, my God. You haven't yeah. stopped. <laughs> no, no, we've stopped now. We've stopped now. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> uh, so how do you manage all of that? Because I'm sure it needs to have a lot of discipline to be able to make it happen. It is challenging. And, you know, I, I really can't sugarcoat that. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we're living in the Middle East where it gets really hot in the summer. And um, so everybody kind of leaves. Um, and so I end up spending my entire summer in the States sort of running around with visiting family and trying to keep up work and that sort of thing. So it does get challenging. Um, believe me, I have my moments where I melt down and I, <laughs> my husband can probably tell you all about that. Um, but, uh, you know, I think there are some, there are some lessons I'm continuing to learn there. Um, you know, after our trip back to the U.S. this summer, um, it was difficult. And I realized, you know, it's, I think I would look at myself and say, why can't you 
manage these things better when I have my low moments. And this summer I realized, wait a minute, it's because what I'm doing is hard. It's not because I'm inadequate somehow. It's because what we're doing is difficult. Um, And I think kind of as expat spouses, we don't always appreciate how much Um, it's just required of our lives and like continually putting together a support system wherever you go. Um, Even, you know, finding childcare in different places is, it can be very challenging if if that's something you need. Um, As we mentioned before, you know, making sure your technology is set up. If you're going to be so reliant on technology, you need to know that your internet is going to be turned on immediately when you get into town. So, um, you know, all those things that we do really, are difficult. And I think giving ourselves credit for that is important. And that's something I'm working on with myself is giving myself, yeah, giving myself that credit. Like it's not, it's not because I'm inadequate. I'm doing, I'm doing a lot. And I'm the fact that I'm keeping it up and juggling it, I'm going to give myself credit for. Definitely. It's really important to do that, to realize what you're doing and also accept that it's not a perfect road, that Mm -hmm. there are challenges and embrace those challenges, but also celebrate the wins of the business and celebrate, even if there's no wins, that you are doing well by just making it happen. So I love that you share that message. Um, And you also mentioned something at the beginning, uh, how it is an important to prepare and express your needs before you start moving from a country to another so that the, there's a continuity in your business. So that's really a good tip. So is there a list of things you go through? There are, there are. And, and fortunately, my husband is extremely supportive of this and um, he takes it very seriously and he takes my work very seriously. So that's, that's an important thing, I think. Um, and there is a list. We have uh, internet and how robust the internet is. Um, because I telecommute back to the U.S., um, I don't want to go any further east than I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, or not much further because then you start to get into working overnights and um, yeah. and really kind of flipping your schedule. And that's not, I'm too old. <laughs> I've worked overnights before and I know how trying it can be uh, when I was mm-hmm. in the news business. So, um, so that's something that's important to us. And then, you know, making sure that, you know, I do take a few business trips a year um, back to the U.S. to either do client work or, you know, meet with my team or things like that. So, you know, the ease and expense of getting out of where you are. Um, and it, it, it is a compromise that we have to make because there are a lot of places that are difficult um, from that respect. And, uh, and I have a new one, too, is that I want to live somewhere where there's co-working space, oh. <laughs> where I'm not confined to my house um, or, you know, limited spaces. So I want to get out and, and I have not had that in my current post. So that's something that's newly added to my list so that yeah. I'm looking forward to. So actually is, good. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, which fortunately is, is a growing thing anyway. So more and more places are offering that. Yeah, definitely. That, that, that's aligned with what I wanted to ask you. Um, it seems to be working for you, even if you manage that it's not easy, but what is the biggest challenges you've encountered in, uh, in your portable business and portable agency and how did you deal with it? Yeah, it's a few of the things we've touched on already. Um, yeah. Technology, you know, okay. I never, I never signed up to be my own IT person, but here I am. Sometimes I, I do have an IT uh, consultant who we can call on for things. But you know, when push comes to shove, sometimes you're the one figuring out why things aren't working. Um, so that's one of them. And the other one is time zones. Um, it mm-hmm. can be 
challenging. Um, for example, today is Friday that we're having this conversation, um, and it is six forty-eight in the evening right now. Wow! And uh, which you know is the time weekend. for dinner? <laughs> well, it's the weekend exactly. It's the weekend in the Middle East, and but I'm I'm still on a work day for the U.S. Um, and I have several hours of work ahead of me. So, you know, my husband is taking the kids out to dinner. That's their Friday night tradition. And uh, so it's something that we've worked around. But it, it is difficult to kind of be on a different schedule than other folks um, mm. that you're living and working around. Um, uh, and I love that you really built your support system. And this is nomination, something that I cannot repeat enough. If you want to be successful in your business, you've got to have your family involved in, in, in building that support system and, and your kids also involved in knowing that mom is working, you know, um, it's a real job. So do they realize it, that you do have a real job? <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question. My daughter always, my daughter is six and she'll always say, when you get a real job, and I, I have a job and she'll say, you own a business. That's not a job, but no, they, they do understand. And, um, and, you know, but that's always, um, an interesting thing too. when, you know, sometimes it is okay for them to come into my office and sometimes it's not. And, you know, um, it's always kind of hard um, for younger children to kind of understand that line, but we're, it's a work in progress. And, you know, I was so grateful a few months back when that, uh, with the BBC dad as he became known, who was doing the interview and his kids walked in because oh, yeah. it was, yeah, it was just such a big relief for all of us to say like, okay, it's out now. Our secret is out to the world. And it was cute. You know, I don't know if my kids are as cute when they come in all the time, but. Oh, yeah. this is so cool. Well, I'm really, it's, it's, it's great that, yeah, so th this is great. It can be an easy journey, but, but as long as everybody's involved and, and the kids know, and that's just, but I want to go back a little bit on the marketing aspect before we say about because I mentioned in the beginning that I think that one of the great things about your agency is the niche you chose, the scientific niche. How did you get to that one? Well, um, I worked at NASA as a spokesperson mm -hmm. um, and for about five years before we joined this nomadic life. And um, I really came to enjoy working with scientists and engineers. Um, if you go by the stereotypes, they're not always the best communicators. So that was something that I could bring to the table. But man, when you can get them to talk and get them to really convey what they do, it's so cool and exciting, you know. And that's why mm -hmm. when you end up with kind of those science celebrities, uh, they really move people and get people excited about, about things. So um, that became kind of our niche. And, um, you know, there are other agencies that work a lot with technology, like Silicon Valley and those kinds of things. And we position ourselves a little bit differently. We really about, we do work with the technology, but we're really about the engineers and the scientists and, and helping them be better communicators and talk about what they do. Because at the end of the day, they're their best spokespeople. And, yeah. uh, so it's, it's become, and they're doing all the cool stuff, you know, they're making, they're making the money in the business. So, um, yeah. It's so cool to see you so excited about what you do. You know, you're talking here and I can hear it and I can see it that you're very passionate. And I think that's really important if you're looking for a niche for your market to find the niche where your skills are the most needed and relevant and where you're the most uh, interested in helping those people. So if there's any takeaway, I would take from this, it would be that one, you know, find that place where you are needed and where people don't have the skills you have, but you're still interested enough in their field to, to be passionate about. And um, is there any, like, um, 
other tips you want to share in terms of how you grew your company, in terms of marketing, how you got to reach the scientists? How did you position yourself? You have a clear differentiation value, for instance, um, but how did you position yourself among this audience? Yeah, I mean, again, it's turning to your network. I mean, you can't mm-hmm. really emphasize that enough. Um, and turning to the experience that you have, and then you start to meet like-minded people who have had similar work experiences, and that's who we've tried to bring into the fold. Um, and and then they have their network that you can leverage. So, um, you know, we do... Um, we are working on our marketing. It's one of those, uh, we're not a marketing agency, but it's such a closely aligned uh, field that um, it's one of those doctor heal them thyself sort of moments where we should be paying more attention to our online presence and everything. And we're not, and it's because we're busy with our client work. So we've recently brought somebody in to be focused on that and to help us stay disciplined um, about our website and our social media and those kinds of things. The exact things that we do for other clients, we have had to hire somebody to do for ourselves. Um, but I think it's, again, it's a good investment and uh, you, can't, you can't beat it. That's the key that I want to focus on now and, and leave us with invest in yourself, invest in your tools, invest in delegating. And those are really the secrets of growth is when you are invested in because you have put your money and your energy in it and you have, that's the biggest motivation to grow and to succeed, I think. So um, that's really good. In terms of marketing, if uh, it happens very often. In, in French, the expression is, I think the shoemakers, the one that has the worst shoes or something like that. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so um, it happens very often, but as long as we're aware about it and just implement it. So your biggest, I think, uh, um, marketing was a good networking, good relations. Mm-hmm. So that's always, uh, I think, something to focus on in any case. But online presence cool. is definitely useful nowadays. So, uh, wow, a lot of, um, I could go on and on. So any last word you would share, like to share with us uh, for expert partners who want to build a portable business like yours? Um, you know, I think I will finish where we started, which is just do it. Just take that first step. Grab an opportunity if it comes. Don't him and haw. I think it, particularly as women, um, we tend to doubt ourselves and think we maybe don't have enough expertise to jump in. But my advice is just to find your expertise, find your passion, jump in and figure out the rest along the way. and and rely on experts when you need to. This is perfect. And is there any book you would recommend? You know, I was thinking about that in advance of our talk, and I don't know that there's a book I would recommend, but what I would recommend is getting very involved in your professional associations. Um, And there are some great resources. I know in, in the PR field, Um, There is a group that is all small agency owners and medium agency owners, and they are such a helpful group, and we all have the same struggles, and and we give each other ideas. It's not at all competitive, and that's been a huge help for us. Um, So I think, you know, don't don't pigeonhole yourself as virtual or an expat or anything. Really reach out into the industry that you're in, and you're as legit as anybody else, and act like it. Wow, fantastic. I, that's a great, great tip. What, what is the organization you're mentioning? What's um, the name? It, it's the Public Relations Society of America, and they have a section called Counselors Academy. Um, and Counselors is the group um, comprised of agency owners and leaders. So, fantastic. yeah, it's fantastic. So, so if any of you who are listening here is in the PR field and in the American market, then you definitely, I'll put the link there. To have more information on Melissa Matthews and her agency, make sure to check out her website, matthews-group.com. 
com. You will find the link on the webpage of this episode too. So thank you so much, Melissa. This was so interesting to talk to you and share and get to discover your journey and how you grew your business. Well, thank you for having me. It's been such a treat to finally talk to you after listening to your podcast forever. Uh, so it's nice to talk to you. Thank you for listening. That's fantastic. <laughs> Nomad Nation, I hope that you enjoyed the great insights of our guest today. If you did, please make sure to share it with your friends. See you at the next episode and stay tuned to turn your challenges into great opportunities.